JM in the AM, one of the selections that we feature here during our three weeks format as we slow down the music and play selections about Yerushalayim as often as possible and about Achdut. And uh, nobody knows more about Achdut, about Jewish unity, than our special guest who is here. You'll recall that in June of 2014, Ayal Yifrach, Naftali Frankel, and Gilad Sher were kidnapped and murdered by the enemy in an episode that uh, got international attention in an episode that really galvanized the Jewish world in a way that we have not seen. As Yossi Baumel said earlier, God knows what precedent in history we could even cite in terms of the unity that we saw uh, back during those 18 days. And uh, Racheli Frankel, who we had the privilege of speaking to when she was in New York at parade time, uh, is here with us at Yeshivat Makar Chaim, which was the epicenter of the uh, effort to uh, try to find and to pray for the boys after their kidnapping. Racheli Frankel, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. It is so nice to see you. Same here. I feel much more at home here than <laughs> in the parade in New York. <laughs> I can understand that. Uh, it must be... I can only imagine the mixed emotions as we make it obvious throughout this entire program that this new campus and this amazing yeshiva and its expansion, which is going to be taking place over the next few years, is essentially all because of this tragedy of two years ago. How does you, as the mother of Naftali Frankel, feel when you consider that? Well, the truth is I feel very cozy and at home here, and, you know, things are falling apart, but these are the seats that Naftali sat in and the Vet Midrash, etc., and his elder brother also learned here. But beyond that, any growth and, and, uh, you know, Good things that happen out of this tragedy are we're totally for it. Uh, more life, more learning, more joy, more Torah, more kids around here. Uh, it, it's just amazing to us. Uh, we're speaking to a slightly different audience than the last time we spoke, so I might ask you something that sounds similar to some of the things we talked about earlier. Um, there are people who are very curious about your disposition. Uh, there are people who are convinced that if, God forbid, they were in a similar circumstance they might just you know, hide from the rest of the world and for the rest of their lives. Yet you project this incredible positive attitude, at least that's the way it looks to us, and always exude this feeling of hope and future for the Jewish people. Could you tell us how you do it? Oh, well. Um, <laughs> well, uh, as far as choosing not to stay at home, it's... Uh, we were given such a tremendous hug from all around the Jewish world and so much unbelievable support that by the end of that summer, we truly felt a responsibility to keep some of that spirit alive. And, and you know, whenever we, we feel it's the right place to come out and, and to, to speak out and say, we've been there, we were together, we were connected, we're, we can strive to, to, to that kind of height. Um, so we all have our private moments, and and you know we're not in denial. But but the rest of the time, we're uh, we try to experience our blessings, and they're very many. Um, and basically, I don't know. You're asking about disposition. It's everybody has their own toolbox, and in mine, I truly uh, try to find, you know. Room for the pain, and there is, and room for the laughter, and there is, thank God. And um, I don't know, there's this something I repeat, so I, I, I apologize if you heard me you say kidding? that before. Did you have to say it? That's worth saying. Um, 
I can feel pain. I don't have to become my pain. I can feel sadness. I don't have to become my sadness. And in our inner landscape, we have so many other powers and colors and talents and experiences and so much blessing in our life that, I don't know, one could choose to take, you know, a bucket of black paint and spill it all over the, their lives. To me, it seems stupid. And also a great ingratitude to all the blessings we have. Wow. Um, when you say we, as you did earlier, uh, as you're answering this question, when you say we, you're referring to your family or to the three mothers or to both? <laughs> it's interesting. We, uh, we uh, if, if there was a fear of, of losing our individuality or our private corner here... It didn't happen. So when I say we, it's first me because I'm speaking for myself and then from my husband and children. And yes, we do have a lot in common with the Shire and the Ifa families. They're amazing people. And we were, again, <laughs> the, sometimes the grace, the chesed is surrounded, or I'll say it otherwise, the tragedy is surrounded by a special kind of grace. And one of the graces is that we were thrown into this with uh, amazing people. So, yeah, we share a lot with them. And, and thank God we, we're all coming along and our families are going on a healthy path. Tell me about the yeshiva from your perspective. You mentioned that one of your uh, older boys also was a student here. Uh, we're here trying to convince people that it's worthwhile for them to visit and see what's going on here with this special project when they're in Israel. What could you tell us from a parent's standpoint about this yeshiva? Well, my my oldest son uh, spent four years here. Naftali only got to spend three years here. Um, it's it's the most amazing combination of a place that's profoundly religious and committed, and yet uh, very very empowering of the student, very open minded, very. Um, there's so many different phenomena here I can speak about. Uh, you you deal with high school boys, which, uh, including my son, tend to be very cynical. <laughs> and yet there's uh, something here called a blitz. Blitz is blitzinut. You know, that time where you, you take off the masks and you, and you let yourself be real. It's a kind of place where people wear their hearts on their uh, outside of their sleeves, whatever right. the, the English experience, um, and it's okay. And for high school boys to be in that place, it's it's really unbelievable. Uh, the Torah is amazing, very deep, very high level. The the academic uh, experience is a very good academic experience. The friendships are just absolutely amazing and they for us it's very meaningful because they last beyond uh, Naftali's life. Uh, we just had three over for Shabbat, three friends of Naftali's we're surrounded by their classmates all the time they're, they're big brothers to my younger children um, and I they tell them about their experiences with him I'm sure yeah, and, and they're, they, they're almost Naftali to them. You know, it's, uh, Naftali would have been now in his first year after high school. That's where they're at. And they come over and they play and they share and, they, and they're, they're bringing Naftali home for us all the time. Wow. How, I was, I was going to ask you how your other members of your family are dealing with everything. Are they also able to uh, isolate the positive and continue forward after all this? You know, I'm not even sure it's isolating. It's, uh, it's a combination. It, it's not about strength. It's about flexibility. It's about uh, living with it all. And thank God, my, it, it, I feel it's, it's a heavenly gift uh, of healing. Um, you, this is another thing I saw here in the school. They, they, they had about 70 kids that just lost their 
two very good friends, right. just their classmates, the, the, the same age group. Right. And they had to go through 12th grade with them. And um, everything they did made them feel that they're trusted. Um, they had initiatives for commemoration, for, you know, for uh, living up, you know, going to trails together. And sometimes the parents were nervous. Maybe there, there aren't enough uh, adults or not enough, um, uh, I know, psychologists. And, and the educational staff here said, trust them. They, they know what's good for them. Um, let them go through this. And, and it's proven itself right. Uh, with, with enough trust, our children, thank God, are doing very well. Uh, their friends are continuing. It's, it's a life-changing experience, but yeah. you grow. This may sound like a strange question, but I'm sure there are a lot of mothers who are curious. Are you more of a nervous mother now? <laughs> no, I probably don't have the right gene for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <coughs> and um, we touched on this when we spoke in New York. Some of the unique reaction that you got, because you told us that it was not only members of the Jewish community, but worldwide it was even people who were not Jewish who took to your cause and felt a connection with you. That's true. Well, first of all, it's Enkam Chayzlel Goyechad Baaretz. There's an unbelievable uh, side of the Jewish people here that that I think defines who we are and what we're capable of. Real brotherhood. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, it's kinship. Beyond that, uh, a lot of non-Jews in the state of Israel, Bedouin, Druze, Muslims, Christians, just decent people came over to our house, uh, supported, hoped, prayed each in their own way, and around the world. Um, many, you know, good-hearted people that can't stand the idea of kids being involved in such a crucial act, cruel, sorry, cruel right. act. And, and yeah, we had amazing uh, interactions with non-Jews, and it's good to see that there's so many good people around. And we also mentioned that for those who think that Jewish unity is something that's unattainable, you've been through the experience to see that it's amazing how strong it can be. Yeah, I hear you're into it too. I'm certainly into <laughs> it. Sometimes I get frustrated because I wonder, I wonder if it'll have positive results. Yeah, right. But uh, your experience certainly was one that was very unifying. Yeah, it, it it was just unbelievable. And the truth is, we come to communities around the world, and they say a miracle happened to us. We had. Hasidic, ultra-Orthodox, modern-Orthodox, conservative, reform, so-called non-affiliate Jews all come together, first in prayer and demonstrations and rallies and then in memorials. And the, the elders of the communities don't remember something like this happened. So, you know, you know that there are communities in the United States who just recently, over the last few weeks, have done uh, memorial commemorations inviting every... Wow, well, any opportunity to bring people back together yeah. is, is, an, is a treasure we, we are not allowed to miss out on. It's unbelievable. Uh, I assume you know Miriam Peretz? I know Miriam Peretz. Uh, Miriam Peretz, we heard speak Thursday night at Yom NCSY with the message of uh, losing two boys uh, in their IDF service, and uh, her husband passed away subsequently. Uh, I would guess, it's, is, it, is it easier for you? Because we sit there bewildered, you know, wondering how she can continue and, and be as strong as she is, very powerful personality, with the message that she has. Should I assume that it's easier for someone like you to understand all no, that? Miriam is just unbelievable. She's beyond human. <laughs> Even you say she's beyond human. Even yeah, for those and I, I don't want to be tested again. So. <laughs> right, understood. That's for sure. She, she's amazing. She, she also have, has the energy, runs around the, the country and the world to, to, to bring that message. Uh, Running from, you know, this shiva call after shiva call in this terror-stricken year. Right. Uh, and she comes there and she she gives the, the 
Presentation? You know, yeah, but uh, you remember there was the bride that... that uh, Nava Applebaum? Yeah, no, not uh, Nava, this year. Oh, this uh, year. Um, oh, of course, with the wedding. Right, right, right. Miriam was there. She was telling her, you know what it means to have a wedding in the in the family now. It, it gives energy to the whole uh, family to pick themselves <laughs> up, et cetera, et cetera. And she, she's just unbelievable. <laughs> Incredible. But I must tell you one thing. People at the time, people were saying the families, the families. And... Uh, Every time you get exposed to someone, Daphne Meir, uh, the families of, uh, I can name. Yeah, unfortunately, the list is long. You see unbelievable people, the people that were lost and the families around them. And I just got to the conclusion that you don't need terror to find out that they're just amazing people in this country and in this nation. So it's it's not about this person or that person, even though Miriam is totally unbelievable. Uh, people are just made of, of wonderful stuff. Because I always comment that the enemy seems to take our best. You would say, we're filled with our best over here. <laughs> when, when, in the beginning of the search, there was a mayor of Nazareth in our, in our home, and he said, if um, Hamas would know how unified this made us, they would have never gone for, that, uh, for this terror act. And if they would known how sometimes communities in Yeshivot are built because of it, they may also uh, yeah, uh, think and, twice. And here in Kvartion. And, and in, uh, in especially, right. Yeah. Racheli Frankel, Tadarabah. Thank you so thank much you. for being here. It's been a pleasure. A thank real you. pleasure. Tadarabah. Unbelievable. Racheli Frankel, of course, uh, with uh, inspiring words and certainly an important message of Jewish unity for us here at JM in the AM. Uh, we are going to start wrapping things up here from Yeshivat Makar Chaim on what is a Monday morning broadcast for us.